everyone and welcome back to the Dance Parent Podcast. It's Jake and Jana with you today. Thanks for being with us. And today, um, well, a little a little bit of where this comes from too. Um, we just got back from YAGP this past weekend and haven't been to a Strictly Ballet competition in quite a while. Um, and it was wonderful, wonderful experience, but my gosh, it got my mind going and I'm going to try to not make this episode like a full hour, but <laughs> a lot of thoughts on things. And one of the things that I noticed is just how important I think not only diversity of training, because we've talked about that a lot, but how important it is for students to do things that are maybe outside of their comfort zone and to train in different ways and to not limit their training to only one way of moving within this whole thing. Yeah, for sure. And what that can not only look like in the short term, but built on itself year after year after year, what that looks like, you know, five, 10 years out for students. And I think, I think this is starting to shift even amongst dance educators, but I think even five years ago, um, it was kind of a common belief that if you want to be an excellent ballet dancer, you need to put all your eggs in one basket and really dive in and only focus on ballet training. Or if you want to be a really excellent tap dancer that you shouldn't be taking a ton of ballet as well. Um, and I just feel like more and more these dancers are proving that thought wrong. Um, with all these dancers that are training in a variety of ways and doing it with like extreme excellence. And some of these dancers that are training in the most different styles and in all these different ways. And I mean like really training in it, like serious ballroom dancers that are also winning the Prix de la Son and winning YAGP and are also doing hip hop legit. And then they're also these conventions outstanding dancers and best dancers right. they're doing it all and i think they're really proving that like no you can do this and move in lots of different ways and still be a really excellent dancer and maybe you're even more likely to be a really excellent dancer if you are training in all these different ways that's what i was going to say i think once you start um i don't want to say dabbling but once you start uh, embracing that um getting out of your comfort zone in one thing it just becomes so much easier, I think, the next time you do it, and then you become more familiar with moving in different ways and different styles so much quicker or more efficiently. And I think it's really important early on um, for these dancers that want to do lots of different things and they're drawn to doing lots of different things, I think it's a no-brainer. Like, let them train in all the different styles and do all the different things and do it as fully as time and funds and everything allows um and then yeah maybe as they're reaching that 16 17 18 if they want to kind of dial into one style of dance a little more if they decided that ballet is definitely the path they want to go then they've already put all this stuff into their into their bag if you will that they can pull back out when and if they need it 
um, because they've had all that training in different styles when they were young. And I think that's so important. The other thing I was realizing too, I think it's important not just for dancers that want to do all these things, but also maybe those that have to like kind of push themselves outside of their comfort zone to really dive in and do a classical ballet variation and compete it. And that makes them nervous and they're not sure that, I mean, how often does anyone just walk in and like win something the very first time they dive in? It's not what happens, Mm -hmm. right? So very rarely. So I think the process of having to do something that makes them a little uncomfortable, let's say they know with their contemporary solo at a convention that they're going to be in the top 10 every time. And they've been doing that since they were eight. Is that still continuing to grow them as much? I'm not saying don't do that. Keep doing that. That's great. But is that growing them as much as if we throw in, hey, let's also do a ballet variation. Let's compete it at YGP. Um, let's take some voice lessons and be able to sing on a stage as well. Let's tap hip hop ballroom. It doesn't matter what it is, right? Like let's push. Okay. So if we're already excelling really well at this one thing, let's not stop it. But what else can we do to keep these dancers growing and pushing outside their comfort zone? Cause also really great life lessons come from that too. Right. Beyond dance. Oh, there's so many things that I'm thinking about right now. <clears throat> One of which is is that of the life lessons, but really, I mean, anymore, while I feel like while things are getting more specialized in our world, so much more value is being placed on people who can do multiple things, mm-hmm. both for time, for uh, funds, for efficiency's sake, right? So it doesn't matter what field or, or industry you're in, the people who can do a lot are almost always the ones that are going to be counted on because I either have to bring someone else in and train them, right? And bring them up to speed. Or I've got to bring this person who only does this one thing that I really, really like, and I've got to get them up to snuff on now what I need them to do as well. So it it really goes, it really speaks to what the world is anymore as well, which is ironic because I, I think we've talked about this a little bit that sometimes I feel like there's a, there's a hesitancy to put themselves out there in, in different ways mm-hmm. and to, to make myself uncomfortable and to take this opportunity that may not, I may not place top 10 or whatever, right? But it's going to grow me and give me another, like you said, tool in my bag or whatnot to use later on down the road that's really going to pay dividends far greater than anything else in the short term that I'm looking at now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and I feel like too, we were just talking about before we started this podcast, we don't know where dance is going to go 10 years from now. Um, I would say ballet and what ballet companies are doing looks very different than it did 15 years ago. Um, Right here in Tulsa, Tulsa Ballet just did Strictly Gershwin, Mm -hmm. which there was tap in it, and you have ballet dancers moving in all sorts of different ways. Um, And I just... I don't know that at least in my little bubble, that wasn't something that we were seeing 25 years ago for sure in a ballet company. Um, you have, who'd have thought that like one of the best paying gigs in the dance industry would be ballroom with dancing with the stars. Right. Um, if you would have said that 25 years ago, I think none of us could have seen that coming. And so I think the point behind all this is, the more ways they are able to move, 
the more they're set up to do well within whatever the dance industry becomes because we don't know exactly where it's going to go for these dancers that want to go on and do this professionally. And so I think to tell them that, oh, they really need to just focus on this one style and doing it to the very best. Well, we don't, we don't know what that's going to look like. And so I think the more ways they're comfortable moving and the more they pushed outside of that comfort zone at 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, Mm -hmm. rather than when they're doing this and needing it for a paycheck in their twenties, sounds like a pretty great thing to me. Well, like I said to you too, like, are there going to be those instances of, um, the Tiger Woods scenario where someone is, um, brought up doing something from the time they are a little bitty till they are of age and they are uber successful and like the pinnacle of their industry career, whatever. Sure. There's still going to be those people out there. I just feel like those are extreme rarities and very much outliers. So in order to do that, I feel like you're going to get one of a few, um, outcomes, one of which is either someone who, you know, decides later on that that's not the path that they want to do. And I put all this time into this thing, which is fine. Or someone who gets to that point and goes, I don't know, this is really me, right? Or they're that person, right? But if they have lots of different influences along the way, what does that turn into? What does that evolve into? What does that evolve the industry and the art into? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's been, it's been interesting to watch and, you know, we've only been teaching for, what do we just say, 13 years now, which is a while, right? Like we've seen, we've seen a lot of kids train in this and go on to do it at the next level. And there's nothing wrong with, um, making a career shift. Dancers do it all the time. There's nothing wrong with doing this for a few years and deciding that they want to do something else. Um, it's, it's a hard way of life. Um, it can be a very fulfilling and rewarding way of life as well, but it's definitely challenging. Um, but we've seen some of the students that are able to stick with it and do this the best and keep the healthiest mindsets are ones that trained in multiple different things. Even if once they get out there, all they're doing is work with contemporary and modern companies or mm-hmm. working with a ballet company or uh, going the music theater route. We've seen students do all this, but I feel like those that can handle the challenges the best are the ones that trained and embraced training in multiple different styles. Yes. And I would also say that from a mental side of things or standpoint, they end up being the people who are people who are and people rather than or people. Mm -hmm. People who mentally just go, yeah, I, th- I think I can do that and this. Like, let's try it. I'm going to do this and this versus I can do this or I'm going to do this. And the or li- is limiting and the and is like, it just opens the floodgates. I, I mean, I can think of right off the top of my head, just so many friends who are still like killing it professionally, dancing in this industry that are totally like five years ago, I would never have thought they would have been doing this job. And when you talk to them, they're like, well, yeah, why not? I thought it was kind of cool. I just thought I wanted to do this and this yes. new thing, you know, and, and they never let themselves, um, what would the word be? Get boxed in, I guess. Yes. They, they never, they never see themselves as a finished product and only in this one area. Yes. Yeah. And then that's my biggest concern where sometimes as adults, <laughs> teachers, parents, all of it, 
Um, I think sometimes we can encourage students to get a little boxed in and to really only focus on this one thing or this one style of dance that they're doing well when we could encourage them to create that and mentality from a very early age. Um, And embracing just dancing, still doing the thing they love, but maybe in a way that's not just their one little box that they started in. Well, and let's be real. Some people are more uh, prone to one way uh, than another. So like some people are very open to, I'll just, I'll just try anything, you know? And then there are other people that are, are very much more slow movers and, and, and I'm not sure I want to try that. So I, th- I think it's just on us as adults, both as teachers and, and parents to recognize who our student is, who our child is in that moment and go, Hey, this is what they need, you know? Um, well, I think that's hard for parents that that's haven't so, danced. Well, sure. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and I think that's why this episode is so important. Um, like I always say, if one of my kids wants to play hockey, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> so I'm going to need people to break that down for me. Um, but I think, yeah, if you haven't danced, and even if you have, because this mindset is shifting, I think it's something that parents probably don't know mm-hmm. how valuable this is. Um but I was just sitting there, I was sitting there at YAGP and I was watching it and I was watching a lot of these dancers that train in multiple different things, killing it <laughs> um, yeah. and looking incredible doing their ballet variations and then they look great doing contemporary and I guarantee you if we walked in and watched some of these kids at a convention, they're going to be killing it in hip hop and ballroom and tap as well and the mindset just really used to be that like those kids didn't do as well in this whole ballet competition world. And that just wasn't, that wasn't what we're seeing. And I think part of it's probably has to be partially the product of the volume of exposure that a lot of these kids can and do get in our day and age, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's so much more readily available and so, so easy for them to access but at the same time, while that's a positive, you also have to realize that that's sometimes one of the reasons why kids are also reluctant reluctant to step out of their comfort zone. Because if I am known as this type of dancer, I don't want to look stupid doing this thing. You know, when... When if we can look three years down the road, right? how much better are you going to be at everything because you did this? Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, you... you gotta get through the beginning of I haven't done this style of dancing competitively you know but yeah if they can push through that three years from now what do they become and I feel like that's really what I was seeing this past weekend was Mm -hmm. dancers that had pushed through that and are incredibly well-rounded and just great at everything right the other thing that I thought was interesting um and that I was definitely realizing was just how important stage time is in general for them. And I think there are a lot of dancers, oh, I think I can even fall into this sometimes subconsciously, um, of we only need to perform on these elite stages or on things that are Mm. up to a certain level. When really comfortability on stage is like, something that's missing from a lot of really talented dancers right now. And so, and guess what? Usually you're going to be on a stage or being filmed, right? It's like one or the other. That's, that's how this is all going to work. And 
being great in the studio is great, but that it will only take them so far. Not to mention, I think it's it's hard for some of these kids that are so great in the studio when they feel like they're... I actually just had this conversation with an alum this past week talking about YGP, who's now dancing professionally, but how much pressure she would put on herself before YGP and how that didn't really do her any favors, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think the more they can get on stage, whether that is their school talent show or some small thing at their church where they get to dance or you name it. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, I think every time they're able to dance on stage, the more that pressure of being on stage and all of it, you know, starts to go away and it can become a place to really just show the work that they've done. Um, Because I do think it's hard, you know? I mean, you think about like, a lot of athletes and they're getting to play these games weekly or more. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes for dancers, they're getting three or four stage opportunities per year. So I think the more they can find opportunities to get on stage, the more valuable that is. And I, I was really watching that as well. Um, this past weekend and just seeing, some really talented, well-trained dancers that just need more time on stage so they can deliver to their fullest level. Yeah, you hit the nail right on the head with that. And the earlier they can do that, the better. The younger they can do that, the better. And it's wild. I remember talking to now an alum um, who, when she was like a senior, was talking about how some of the smaller performances that she did when, when she was a kid, and she thought, you know, they were, they were, they were fun and they were, you know, the low key and she goes and now I look back and I'm like that's really what got me comfortable on big stages in front of big crowds it's not jumping up on a stage in front of 1500 2000 people you know and boom now I'm going to be comfortable it's your little local community thing it's you know like you said the thing of the church or your talent show it's finding how you feel when you're at home on that stage in front of people that then as it progresses to whatever size it is, I'm just doing me. But when you don't get that a whole lot or you only get it a few times a year and then you start, say, later or you're really great in the studio and you put so much pressure on yourself that then when it doesn't happen because of whatever variable, you know, yeah, that can be really hard to, to work through for those kids. Yeah, 100%. So my, my biggest encouragement there is when your six or seven year old wants to improv in their school talent show, let them, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. what, what is there to lose? Or when they want to get up in, in front of the family on the, um, you know, on the hearth, on the fireplace and just do a show. Yes. Um, when they ask to do whatever it is that's on a stage and you feel like, oh, they're not quite ready for that. Or when they want to audition for something that you think they're not quite ready for. I think just the more they can do all of that the better they're going to be when we look three years down the road five years down the road and it goes beyond dance too right um these dancers that are so comfortable on stage usually are so comfortable giving presentations doing interview whatever it is right so i think these are very valuable things um, when your dancer looks at you and says they really want to do a ballet variation at YGP and you're not sure that they could be ready, but the teachers say that they think they could, I say, let them do these things. You know, 
that's that's how we get anywhere. Well, that's what I was just going to say, especially when it's a younger uh, a younger kid and you feel like, oh, I don't know, I, I don't think they're ready for this. They're probably not. <laughs> right. Let's face it, they're not. But the only way to get experience is to get experience. Right. You know, and the only way to be ready the next time is to go, that was interesting. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> you know, and, yes. and then they will be a better version next time. 100%. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there is our jumble of post-YAGP <laughs> thoughts. But I think there's there's a lot of really great and hopefully helpful points in there. Um, to kind of wrap it all up, I would say uh, that it's important to train in multiple different styles. Mm-hmm. That it's important to dive in and do the things maybe a little before you're fully ready for them um, because that's the only way that we get anywhere and to not limit a dancer to one box especially at an early age um, because it seems like that's the best way because I actually very strongly believe that we're seeing more and more every year that it's not the best way. I think diversity in training is really important. I think it's only accelerating. You're seeing so many more, I'll call them kids, they're younger, but like so many more young dancers that are coming out that are just, like you said, they're killer in every, every style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that cumulative training, if you will, and lots of different things just builds upon. The compounds it's, on itself. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, compounds upon mm-hmm. itself to where all those different things just really come together and click and that dancer really knows how to use their instrument in whatever way is asked of them with dance because they can. And who knows what all of these different styles of movement, you know, what is born out of out of that in the next five to 10 years. That's what's kind of cool and exciting is at the pace at which all of this is accelerating. I feel like, you know, some of the stuff that we take for granted now that is just kind of a mainstay staple, that wasn't. 30, 50 years ago. For sure, right. So what what comes out of all of this in these these dancers experimenting and doing, you know, all the different genres that they are now together all at once? Yes. So that is it for our post-YAGP. Put a period on it. (laughs) Um, I hope you all have an excellent week, and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Dance